This is a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number 391. You're listening to the 2015 TGO Challenge, sponsored by the Great Outdoors magazine, Handbag Footwear and Fial Raven. Part 3 Well, hello again, and I am at Kinloch Levin. Not quite as planned, I'm sitting in a room at the McDonald's Resort Hotel here. Um, I've been, I left our camp spot early this morning, started walking about seven, uh, and we hit the Highland Way, Western Highland Way, in which we had to walk south, and just had the most abominable weather, hail, wind, driving rain, everything saturated, um, and we decided we'd drop down to Kinloch Levin for some real food. And when we got there, we realised we were half a day ahead of schedule. Now, me, I'm booked into the bunkhouse in Darwinny in a couple of nights' time, for reasons. And he said to me, well, you know, you've either got half a day here or half a day in Darwinny. Well, if anybody's ever been to Darwinny, they will know that um, it's very difficult to spend an hour wandering around in half a day. So good was our food and the uh, hospitality in the hotel. That I thought, oh, sod it, and blew 60 quid on a hotel room, which will allow me to get everything dry, because everything is completely saturated. Even these um, uh, dry bags inside of my rucksack are wet. So I'm here. I shall no doubt be spending the evening in the company of uh, a lot of lovely West Highland Way walkers, and I'll talk to you about that then. Cheerio. It's the fourth morning, uh, Monday morning, and we've left the Great Great Glen Hostel by Lagan, and we're now on the Great Glen Way. The forecast today was showers, um, basically slightly inclement, a bit of rain, sunshine and showers, that type of thing. But sadly, within half an hour of leaving the hostel. The rain has been pretty solid and persistent ever since, which is a bit depressing. Um, it's interestingly walking down the Great Glen Way after a, an hour or so, bumped into Colin Ibbotson coming the opposite direction. I had a brief chat with him and then catch up. He looked in fine form and very happy and off to uh, finish the Great Glen and head up to do the Cape Wrath Trail. So I hope the, the weather holds for him uh, on that particular route. Um, in a bit of a dilemma today, everybody's a bit wary of the weather, weather from yesterday being pretty atrocious in the afternoon. 
so we're sticking to our route um, to go up uh, Glen Buck and then on to the Corrieric. And then once we get on top of the Corrieric, make a decision whether to continue across the Monolia um, or turn right, head down to Melgov to find that nice camping spot we did last time, which was somewhere between Melgov, Bothy and Garva Bridge. And then, unfortunately, it'll be a bit more road walking to get into Aviemore. So, the dilemma is whether you take a risk with the top of the Monolia, which could be very, very boggy if the rain is persistent, as it has been yesterday, today and possibly tomorrow, or play safe, but be a bit more foot-weary walking down the road. And of course, as Rose pointed out this morning, one of the dilemmas is do you come on the challenge to walk down the road or walk over the hills? Uh, so, it's a difficult one we've got to deal with as the dry day draws on, I guess. But as you can hear from the swish of the waterproofs, the rain is uh, still fairly persistent. And uh, I'm told there's a cafe or something uh, at Glenbuck, so we hope to get there, draw ourselves out a bit, and perhaps have a, a reasonable brunch to set us up for the rest of the day. The Great Outdoors Challenge is an annual self-supported walking event across the highlands of Scotland, west coast to east coast. First held in 1980, it's a non-competitive test of backcountry skills, navigation and stamina. The challenge is held every May and is sponsored by The Great Outdoors, The Walker's Magazine and supported by specialist outdoor footwear company Handvag in association with Fial Raven. Every challenger starts their hike by signing out from one of around a dozen locations on the west coast, strung between Torridon in the north and Ardrashig in the south. And your journey will end when you reach the eastern seaboard between Fraserburgh and Arbroath. Between those chosen points in the months prior, you'll plan your own routes, which will be checked by experienced vetters. You can plan a high or low-level route, or one that blends both. That flexibility, combined with the vast and varied geographical area available, is one of the challenge's unique attractions. Many challengers return year after year. Some plan entirely new routes, some repeat favourite sections you're free to choose. The challenge is a backpacking event. You'll need to carry everything on your back, including food and shelter, but it's up to you whether you camp all the way across or use a mixture of camping, hostels and B&Bs. The extraordinary hospitality offered by many establishments has become legendary over the event's 30-plus years. The challenge demands a good level of competence in navigation, survival techniques, camp craft and general hill craft. It's also renowned for its sociability and camaraderie and you'll always find fellow challengers willing to help in any way they can. The event is restricted to 300 participants and entry forms can be found in the October issue of the Great Outdoors magazine every year.
Well, we just made it to the evening of day four. It's uh, just gone seven o'clock and we've just had a sumptuous meal of uh, pasta, pasta sauce and uh, ratatouille. ratatouille. It was super. Uh, and we're currently staying at uh, Stravagers or Stravagers Lodge in Fort Augustus. It's part of our foul weather route. Uh, we decided after getting to the end of the uh, Glenway at Lagan Locks, um, at the swing bridge, wasn't at the it? swing bridge, yeah, um, we had to make a decision there, um, and we were all feeling fairly low. We were soaking wet, yeah. um, tired. It was a long walk, that wasn't it? Well, I didn't think it was too bad. No, um, but I was busy chatting to Lee and Tony. So yeah, I mean, the, it was uh, that they've put laid hardcore underfoot. And um, they're going to be laying, I think, a fine gravel over the top. So it was sort of hardcore we were walking on, um, which was a bit tiring. But anyway, thanks to the weather conditions, once again, which were gusty and really, really gusty and and heavy rain, um, we got to the swing bridge. And then just up the road from the swing bridge, about half a mile, in fact, uh, there is the Thistle Thistle Cafe. Cafe. And we had a fantastic welcome when we got in there. Um, We were four drowned rats. Uh, came through the door and the lady welcomed us in. Uh, she was an English lady, wasn't she? She couldn't do enough for us, actually. She was great. She yeah. said, put all your wet gear here and got tea and toast on straight away. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's lovely. And we had piping hot breakfast and piles of tea and piles of toast, uh, which lifted the spirits no end. And, of course, the place had a good half dozen other challenges in there, uh, the names of which I can't recall. Uh, I don't. I haven't met them before, certainly. And uh, so we stayed there for half an hour or so. The worst of the weather sort of blew over. And we all decided that actually, uh, with those weather conditions, it would be better to take the foul weather route because it would be pretty foul on the top. We were going up uh, Glen Buck, weren't we? And it was it would have been similar, from what I understand, talking to, to um, Tony, to the conditions we came over the top on yesterday. That is taking a bearing and yeah. no track. So it's across heather and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also with the amount of rain that had been, yeah. as Lee pointed out, all the small burns would have been in, in torrent, which was understandable because they certainly, all the small little burns at the level we yeah, were at yeah, were, 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 were torrential, were weren't they? Yeah. So we had the tortuous walk um, down the Grand um, Caledonian, Caledonian Canal. Canal, that's it, which we've done several times, and every time it's been horrible with a real bitter wind behind your neck. But actually, today... That wasn't too bad, wasn't too bad. <laughs> considering there were real downpours, so every time Tony took his waterproof trousers off, you can guarantee it would absolutely hammer right. down. Um, so we made it to, to Fort Augustus, um, called into the lock-in for uh, a beer, and we then had to make the decision whether we would camp or we would bunkhouse. Well, if we could get a bunkhouse, that was the decision. If we could yeah. get a place in a bunkhouse, we would opt for a bunkhouse. We'd take it. Just just because it, it's been so inclement and we'll thought dry everything, everything off, off, really. Yeah, we'd only just got everything sort of semi-dry. Um, so we actually got the last room in the, uh, this um, lodge, uh, Stravega's Lodge. Uh, and naturally, as we uh, are sitting here, as you can hear the doors banging, the place is heaving with challenges, and there's a good uh, dozen or so people outside on the campsite using the facilities. So all's good, and of course everybody's going to head back probably down to the um, the, the uh, lock-in the for, a, for a beer tonight, or all the bother in, one of the two. Tomorrow morning then, we're going to be up as early as we can do, because it's going to be a long day tomorrow, and it looks like there's some serious climb actually. Uh, so we're going to head up Glendo, uh, up to the dam, and pick up uh, after the dam for onto our original uh, course 
which would have been across the top of the Corrieric. Uh, and looking at the contours, it looks, as I say, that it's going to be a very um, similar route to the Corrieric. Uh, but again, we're told because of the actual uh, dam work, uh, it could be fairly good going underfoot. So even though it's steep, um, it could be fairly uh, easy to tra traverse. I think that's about it for today, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think so. Disappointing that we had another wet day, really. I mean, torrentially, what I say. In fact, we went and bought some waterproofing because um, my jacket wetted through where where my rucksack was on the shoulder straps. But every time you go to the pub, that's all you yeah. hear, hear people yeah, yeah. talking about. All the paramos have wetted through. Yeah, all true. the all the other events and Gore-Tex Gore jackets have all wetted through. It's just been um, drenched. But um, not to worry, hopefully we'll uh, on the up. Weather forecast is a bit more of the same tomorrow, and then getting a bit brighter the next couple of days, and that's as much as we need to know to get us into Aviemore. So we will pick up with this a bit later on. You're listening to The Outdoor Station. The home of UK-based audio and video podcasts for lovers of the great outdoors everywhere. That's to give you an idea of what it's like Wednesday morning. We've got the wind whistling through the trees. The cloud is low. Forecast is heavy rain squalls and gusts, but brightening up this afternoon. So we've left Lee and Tony at the campsite. Uh, they're going to go up the Corrieric, and we are going up Glendoe, up to the reservoir, and then hoping to pick the uh, track up to Stromley Lodge that way. But you get an idea of what it's like listening to the sound of that wind through these trees. You're feeling a bit brighter this morning, though? Yeah, yeah, no, it was really good to get that last uh, room in the bunkhouse, um, have a dry night. <laughs> Felt a bit bad though, looking out in the sodden campsite. I have to say. Oh well, there's a certain amount of satisfaction to uh, to have that one over on Lee and Tony, wasn't it? Surely. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, we're going to uh, head off now, and we'll try and pick up a bit later on. It looks like a fairly uh, steep path, but we will enjoy tackling it as we can. Since my first TGO challenge, way back in 2004, I've always wanted to walk out of Fort Augustus via Glendoe. On the map, it seems to be the more direct and potentially attractive route compared to repeating the option of General Wade's Road once again over the Corrieric. However, dam construction has been going on in Glendoe for some ten years, and so it made the area one to be avoided until it was completed in the last 12 months. The walk out of St Augustus along the road before getting to the main gates was a few kilometres, and during that time we met David Wishart and Graham Weaver, who were also treading the same path to Stone Larrig Lodge. The weather was miserable. A strong, exceedingly cold, biting wind, combined with random gusts and flurries of snow, had us all weaving along the track from side to side like a human pinball. The going underfoot was good, though, and the fine grit surface made for a pleasant change from the Corrieric cobbles, which can easily tire your feet. 
an hour or so along the track, there's a small tin body with a couple of benches inside and not much else. However, it was certainly a relief to get out of the weather, take off the packs and tuck into some bars of chocolate to cheer ourselves up. In there, we found Graham and Marion Dunsire. As it happened, Graham had been one of the vetters on this year's challenge, and he had in actual fact vetted the route of the other Graham we had entered with. Naturally, the conversation turned to the amount of work involved, which is undertaken by the volunteer TGO challenge vetters, and so I asked him for his overall impression of the routes he had to review this year. was frustration I would say yeah yeah because a lot of the routes were lacking greatly in detail alright but fellow vetters have said a lot of them were a lot better than normal so and what what, what, when you, what are you expecting when you say detail um, I expect more detail on your your daily planning on your daily route not just point A to point B right via Sometimes didn't even have via. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So you just had to start point and end point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has gone very quiet in this hut all of a sudden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too busy. Eating. I like it. Can I have some tablets, please? <laughs> I thought it was it was quite quite interesting, sort of your view on the mapping, though, on the distances mm. and the differences. That's mm. worth it. Mm. Right. There was a big, worth There was a huge difference in in mapping software. I sent. Right. Huge difference. And, and you actually mean uh, on the actual software itself or mm-hmm. on people's interpretation of it? I, I assume it's the software. Really? And is there a good, better, best then in the software? To, in my experience, Anquit and Memory Mapper are pretty accurate. Really? But the rest of them seem to be way, way low. But surely they take all their data from the same place, don't they? I don't know. It's maybe... You know when you... And you plot your map and you change it to route and then you mm-hmm. click on um, ascent figures. It, it must do something in, inside the computer. Oh, I don't, right, don't okay. ask me. I'm yeah, not, yeah. not very techy minded. Yeah. But it must do something inside the computer. Uh, okay. And, yeah, I mean, seriously, half half the ascent from what it should be. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to note. We're using them. And the reason I know, the reason I know it is the software is because when I do it, I double checked it with somebody with Anquit. Right. I then asked them to resubmit their figures, and they came back the same. Okay. So there obviously there is a problem with the mapping software. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. But all in all, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the vetting. Did you really? Yes. Mm-hmm. It winds away some long, dark winter nights. And so you've had, you've had no abuse then? <laughs> <laughs> I was just maybe, maybe you should do an interview. You'll come, you come and see us. Yeah, yeah. You're going to join you for the rest of the challenge. I can go stand outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the future, like, just give us a call. Do you know what? You're yeah. Come and stay with us in the window. So how many, how many routes do you have to vet? I mean, what's I your vetted, quota? I vetted 12 this year, but some of them were vetting over 20. Wow. Mm-hmm. That must be quite hard. <laughs> I reckon it's about eight hours a route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the time you you get and look at it, you know, I'll spend maybe half an hour reading through it, and then you plot it on your own software, and then you 
you look at all the discrepancies that you've got with, and then you write your notes. I mean, it can be up to eight hours. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and as part of that, do you read the background history of the people that are applying as well, or does that come afterwards? That was one of my problems, is judging people's experience. Because mm. if they've only done maybe one or two challenges, and they're their, their, their first challenge, it's, it's difficult to know what they're like. The first, the first two routes I got were people I knew, and I thought, well, that's fine, I know their, their experience, I know what they can do, and they were mm. relatively easy. The biggest problem was writing up notes for people you don't know mm. what their experience is. And latterly, Sue and Ali sent me through the experience sheets, because you know how the first-timers fill out an experience mm. sheet, and um, they sent them through, which was very helpful. Um, but uh, I would say that knowing people's experience is difficult. Mm. If yeah. you apply, for example, I know you've done five, six... Yeah, yeah the rest, eight, seven, eight, eight, seven yeah. Eight. I know you're quite experienced, you'll know your way across Scotland. You know what it entails, but some people are, especially the the, the, the older people. <laughs> <laughs> he said, looking round the hut. <laughs> Present company Don't excluded, of course. Don't Present take company excluded. I'll look after you later. <laughs> <laughs> because some of them are putting in some height. And what I said when I came in, you know, it's, it's very... It's great just sitting there in the middle of winter, writing your route, thinking, you know, it's going to be great, it's going to be sunny, and mm. we'll stop here, and we'll do this, and we'll do... And this is reality. Yeah. And trying to get through to people that this is reality, because when you get their experience sheet, they've done three days in the South Downs, or they've done, you know, something mm. in some coastal path or something like that, but this is completely different, mm. in my opinion, but... Well, we were saying on the way up, actually, that the, the challenge, some, in some respects, isn't the distance. The challenge is dealing with the weather and yes. the yeah. conditions yeah. and yes. having to deal with it on a daily basis as opposed to yes. just day walks sort yeah. of thing. Anyway, that's one from the vetter. Now, from the vetee... <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I was, I was really impressed, like... We to be truthful. No, no, I was really impressed, like... Um, I mean, with the level of information I got um, and how accurate it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and it was written in you know in such a way that it was helpful. Mm. That it uh, no because I know that one year I I had me betters betters comments back, and you could just feel that it that it was more like it wasn't so helpful. It's where is where 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 is it? Where is it was written by Graham really in a helpful way. It was mm. it was nicely put. And that could do better didn't put you off at all. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. No. It's, no, it's very, it's very difficult to, to, to portray in words. So as you're not like like domineering, like the, the headmaster saying, "Don't yeah. do this, don't do that, do that, do." And it's very difficult to do that. You know, when you're actually sitting there thinking, "Okay, can I write this?" Because I've said to you on a few occasions, this is going to be a difficult note to write up mm. because because you just don't know how to. I remember I, I put in one of them. Your your ascent figures are severely out, and I got it back from Sue and Ali and said severely is a bit a bit a bit too much. Just tone it down a bit, please. Yeah. And it is difficult to to know how to uh, to know what to say. Say something. <laughs> I, I don't have a view. A <laughs> lovely view. Look at that. <laughs> No, but it was. It was very, very positive. Well, I'm, I'm glad you thought and, that. Um, I'm really pleased that you thought and, that. And it was nicely put, and, you know, and I was really impressed with it, you know, to be fair, and thought, that's fine, that's what it should, should be. And, mm. Well, it's, it's, got to be, it's got to be supportive, encouraging, and guiding, isn't yes, it, really? exactly. 
Uh, certainly, I've had a few over the years, and, and you know, it almost sounded sarcastic in places. Yes. But it can be, of course, the mood you're in when you read it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as much as and the mood the, per- the, the veterans in when he writes it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And if he's had a crappy route, then yeah. he's not in a very good mood. No. Uh, <coughs> and so, what did you do as a, a veterans um, widow then? Well, I just carried on doing my thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I chilled out in my yoga. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. So if, if this is a veteran's route, <laughs> we, we were obviously on a good one, but you didn't plan the weather. I've always... Uh, this is our ninth, and I've always tried to do routes we've never done before. And up to now, we've, I reckon 10% of all our routes has been ground we've covered previously. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we're just trying to... And the same old... Number 10 next year will be exactly the same. We'll just try and... I mean, we've never done the Coriaric. We've never done Tarside to Edsel, Northwater Bridge and Cyrus. We've never done that. We've never... Um, mm. There's lots of places... So who bets your route? JD. John Donoghue. But again, he just... How many, how, many, how many challenges has he done? Oh, I think he's done a few. I think one of the people better than the betters, that was one. Ah, just any, any, any of them. You know, they just come in as a route. The vetters will yeah. come in as a route, and they do they do get properly vetted as well. And, uh, so the, do the vetters have a party afterwards then? And so we have a meeting and, and we'll slag everybody off. <laughs> we'll have a meeting on Friday, <laughs> of which we have an agenda already. Oh. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a very casual thing, and, and it's really only to ensure the safety of, of the, the, the people that are on the challenge and to... To probably cover our own backs as well. Well, I suppose that's getting more and more important these yes, days, isn't it? Yes, for all these liable cases and all that, you just you have to make sure that you're fully covered and mm, accountable. Is there, is there ever a case where a route is vetted which is completely unsuitable and, and the, the applicant won't change? And so, has that ever happened? I just I don't know if they won't change. There's, there's certainly been routes that have been completely unacceptable. For what circumstance, I don't know, but I know that they do get sent back to the the, mm. the, the people and, and, and asked to, to resubmit a better mm. route. And I think I think they maybe get three chances, and then they get told politely that, you know, you've not really grasped the whole right? concept of this. I, I think, think, there was I think actually that's the case. Three strikes and you're out sort of thing. I think so. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, it doesn't mean you can't come back next year and, 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 and do it. It just means that, you know, you've not really grasped what's mm. going on with with the whole concept of writing a route here and, and crossing mm. Scotland. So. I think it's admirable that it's all voluntary, though, your vetting. Um, you know, you put in all those hours voluntary. That's, well, I, I, I really good. enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Thank you. But I do enjoy it. <laughs> it was just last year when, when I heard that the, we had a, a wee problem last year at the end, so we didn't get in until the Friday. So we didn't know that Sue and Ali were leaving. Um, that John Manning was leaving and soon Ali were taking over so just then I said look because I knew they were vetters oh. and I knew if they were coordinating they'd have enough to do without vetting so I said if you're needing a hand just and before, I, <laughs> before I knew it <laughs> had Ali's route through and <laughs> God, here we go. so Ali's was my first route oh, uh, that's, okay. that's good and that was fine they, they broke me in gently with that one mm. and so is there much politics in, in the actual organisation of this no. thing have you seen have you no. seen much no. behind the scenes stuff no I know when 
We were up at Newton Moor two or three weeks before. No, the week before the, the final details came out. And Sue was having to proofread it. Mm. And it's just an absolute nightmare, just proofreading something. Because you have to sit down and be totally focused on mm. it, I suppose, and just, right, okay, read it, read it. Mm. And <coughs> so they, they spend an awful lot of time coordinating mm. the things that we don't, we don't see. Yeah. Behind the scene things are. Mm. And you know when you see, when you think back to what, what how hard it must have been for Roger oh, yeah. to do it on his own. Mm. I don't know how much. Yeah, I don't think we appreciate like how hard he yeah. how hard he did actually work because mm, yeah. oh. it meant amount of work. Mm. Mm. But I wonder if I wonder if over the years, I mean, it'd be nice to have a conversation with him really, but to ask the question what the if the how much the expectations have changed from the people that are doing it, mm. as well as mm-hmm. from an organising point of view. Because, as you say, you know, you've got to be careful of litigation these days. But um, you know, the expectations of the people that do it—I've got a feeling it was much more of a social club almost when it first started, even though it was the ultimate challenge. I think it still is to a certain extent. I mean, last night we're sitting there in, in the in the oh, pub, yes. and you know, disgraceful. We're going on to <laughs> disgraceful. There's, going, there's an impromptu party at Charlie Beat tonight, and then there's Calatar, and then there's the season. You know, it's, it's it can be what you want, and that's the yeah. good thing about the challenge. It can be exactly what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not, this is what happens and that's it. You don't have to do this. You don't mm. have to do Just do whatever you want. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is a two-week holiday. We were saying on the way up, I mean, literally, they can't, I don't, Can I can't a... think of any other event in the world that's actually the same, that isn't comp- competitive, that's, no. you know, contained, that allows you flexibility of routes. Uh, even the Fowl Road and Classics are set route and you sort of mm-hmm. start off at a set time mm-hmm. and finish in a set place and they do mm-hmm. the food for you and whatever. Uh, the adventure races, I suppose, but they're purely competitive over two days. And then you've got the American sort of long, um, long trips like the PCT. I think it's the PCT kickoff party I was talking about earlier on, where I think they all gather together when the when the pass is first open. Or, but apart from that, I don't can't think of anything I've heard of that's similar to this. No, so it's all its foibles. It's actually, yeah, got to well, be celebrated. They say it's the biggest backpacking event in the world. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> but the beauty is you can do what you want. Mm. Plus, it's the people you meet, isn't it? Because like, it's such a diverse mm-hmm. group of people who you normally wouldn't probably meet. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? When it's first set up, and it's, it was described as being um, promoting fellowship amongst backpackers, and yet generally, as a group of people, backpackers are for solitary individuals. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be stuck in a tent on the top of a hill somewhere. <laughs> on the campsite, there was a there were several pictures reserved for the loners club. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it's uh, nearly nine o'clock on Tuesday evening. And uh, today's been a long, hard, wet and windy day, which is one of the reasons why you haven't had a report from me during the day itself. Um, I set off from Kinloch Levin at uh, about seven o'clock and uh, walked out of the village up to the dam and then followed 
a very wet path across Rannock Moor and round into Kyron uh, or Kieran Bothy. Now, that wasn't too bad a journey, although it was pretty slippy. Um, every path is a river. Um, there's mud everywhere. But actually, as I sat in the Bothy having my lunch, the sun came out. And for the, when I started going again, for about the next, whew, I don't know, half an hour or so, I was walking in sunshine. And uh, as I climbed towards Loch Teague, um, the path just got wetter and wetter. And the wind kept driving on. And eventually, when I was descending the path to the shore of Loch Trigue, I don't think I've ever seen so much mud anywhere, slipping and sliding all over the place. I felt as if I was skiing down rubber poles at some times, and uh, on a few occasions I found myself flying and uh, uh, being dumped unceremoniously in the mud. Anyway, from there I took the long walk round to uh, Loch Ossian, I was thinking about maybe camping near the train line. But there's a big construction project going on there now. Very uh, unpleasant. Anyway, so I carried on down past the Loch Ossian Youth Hostel and walked on again into the forest until I found a nice little clearing with a bit of um, shelter from the still very strong winds. So it's been a very long and very tiring day. And the interesting thing is, I haven't seen a soul, apart from a woman in King Lightleven who I asked if I was taking the right path out of the village. Um, that's been it all day. I've been completely on my own. Um, so there you go. That's uh, Tuesday. Hopefully Wednesday will be a bit better day. It's dry at the moment, although this wind is still persevering. But I've got a bit of shelter from the trees here now. But after the first two days, the euphoria of the first two days, really, I mean, we are now really into some really grotty weather. And if you ever wonder why they call this the TGO Challenge, well, you know, walking for 12 hours or so in these conditions, well, it feels like a challenge to me anyway. Anyway, that's it. I'm uh, just about to have some food. And uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow, hopefully in a better mood, with better weather uh, and in better spirits. Well, it's been a long day's walk today from Fort Augustus. Glendo was interesting. It was challenging in the sense that it was a long, hard walk. And I should be interested to see uh, when I get back and compare the actual length of the Corrieric Pass to uh, Glendo to see actually which one is longer. I would say they were both of a very, very similar nature. Uh, but the weather has been, uh, the forecast was gusty, uh, similar to yesterday, changeable but brightening up this afternoon. Um, so it was certainly a very, very cold, blustery, head down, waterproofs on uh, walk to the top, to the reservoir, uh, where we had to walk through a few 10 foot channels of snow. Uh, to establish, re-establish the hardcore track at the very, very top. And obviously the wind was whipping 
across the reservoir uh, as we tried to find the path and get out of the wind initially to look for the path to Str- uh, Stone Larrig Lodge. Um, the sort of group of people that we were with all sort of split off and went in different directions. We chose um, a route which had a uh, hardcore path uh, down to it for a certain length of time and then uh, picked up the footpath which crossed over a couple of bridges before making our way down to Stone Larrig. And although I've been here before, I just can't remember it at all, apart from the actual building, uh, the, the valley has been devastated by uh, landfall and, and stones being washed away with the water you can see the amount of water that must be going down there and as you can tell we are inside the tent at the moment um, we are exhausted having had a good day uh, left some people camping down at the lodge which to us struck us as being a bit of a windy spot so we uh, headed up uh, I think it's Glen Markey uh, we, we've headed up for about a kilometre or so looking for a pitch and found a lovely spot However, the wind has decided to suddenly pick up again. And as you can hear, um, it's giving us pause for thought whether we can actually stay here tonight or take the tent back down again and press on to try and find a calmer spot. Um, It is pretty atrocious. It's strong enough that we can't cook. Uh, I have got all the pegs held down with extremely large stones and I'm apprehensive about what to do next if I was being completely honest Rosie's snuggled up next to me in the tent hoping that it'll all go away make the nasty wind go away <laughs> I was going to say the sun's actually shining the wind stopped it would be lovely be but perfect. It's, it's just at least the rain stopped we've had um, torrential rain which you didn't mention most of the day <laughs> really cold stuff so um yeah, Robin um, Evans is just further up the valley from us. He walked up from Stony Lodge, uh, also looking for another campsite. And he's just a, a couple of little bays along from us. So he's got a scarf tent, so I think he was fairly confident with that. Yeah, the shelter that we've got is the um, Power Lizard two-stroke three-person. I think I mentioned that before. And although I've had the uh, smaller tent out in weather like this, um, I'm just a little apprehensive of the way the material's flapping with the bigger version. Um, maybe it's just inexperience of actually using this tent in these conditions, which it probably is, really. You have to have a night like this before you build confidence in your shelter sometimes. But as you can see, as you can hear, well, I mean, we haven't unpacked anything. We are just lying here wondering if there's a better option. And so I thought I'd do a bit of recording to share my thoughts. If anyone knows of a travel lodge nearby. <laughs> and a pizza. <laughs> yes, a nice pizza and a few beers would be lovely at this moment in time. But uh, I was really looking forward to our tea too at the moment. It's just It's crazy. too dangerous, too dangerous to cook, cook it. Which is a real shame because I'm starving. Right, we'll carry on uh, wandering and let you know what we do later on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear more from our extensive free library, please visit the website at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Join us next time as the journey across Scotland continues on the TGO Challenge.